Hello and welcome back to the Girly Homesteader podcast. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about March homestead goals, to-dos, and all of the things that I have on my list for the month of March. And I'm also going to be sharing with you just some updates around our little homestead here. Um, So if you are in zone 6A, like I am, hopefully, this episode just gives you some inspiration um, and helps you start thinking about what to put on your to-do list. And then if you're not in my zone, maybe this episode will give you some inspiration, you know, for the months ahead, or maybe remind you of some things that maybe you forgot to do. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Girly Homesteader Podcast. I'm your host, Laura, a part-time homesteader with a full-time love for makeup. This podcast focuses on traditional homesteading topics like gardening, chickens, beekeeping, hunting, fishing, being in harmony with nature, food preservation, cooking, etc. But it also touches on the girly side of things like non-toxic skincare, makeup, and homekeeping. So, If you're ready to learn more about homesteading and keep your girly side along the way, let's get started. So I'm recording this episode a little bit before the beginning of March, and we have been spoiled for the past three days by really warm temperatures, and it's been super, super nice outside. And today, though, it's like 60 degrees, but it is raining all day. And that's really not that fun because it is so muddy outside right now. This is like mud season. Um, All of our snow has finally melted, but of course that means that our ground has been so, so wet and so, so muddy. The reason I say this is because... I was hoping that in the month of February, we'd be able to get our new garden space tilled up and prepped and ready, (sighs) but that's not happening. It is just way too darn muddy. Um, This past weekend, actually, I did take a lot of leaf mold and I put that onto the cover crops that we have had growing in our old garden space. Really, I'm calling it a cover crop like we planned this, but really that's not what it is. It's just, it's a mix of kale um, and turnips and mustard greens. And so they have totally crapped out by this time. And so we will till them into the ground. That way we can add some more organic matter. Um, But when we did our soil test back in like December or January, um, we had very, very low amounts of organic matter in our soil. And so... We have a plethora of leaves around here, and so all I did was during that warm weather, I just filled up my wheelbarrow with like tons and tons of leaves. I probably put like 10 wheelbarrowfuls um, into our space, but you know, in an effort to try and get some organic matter. But I swear, it is so, so muddy and so, so wet. So unfortunately, We really weren't able to get much done in terms of garden prep in the month of February and with how it's looking for the rest of these days of February, it's going to be too cold to do anything. Um, I will say though that we did build our raised beds at least. They're not totally done, but we did go and pick up our wood locally 
Um, we did decide to make them out of cedar and I will go into like a full in-depth like how we built these um, in a later episode but you know once we actually finish. <laughs> um, but at least right now we did build the frames of our beds and they are just hanging out in our barn until we can move them in. Um, but yeah, February, I was hoping that we would get some more warm days, and we did. Yeah, so I mean, we did get some warm days here in February, but the thing is, the ground was still covered in snow, and when it melted, you know, it's just too darn squishy out there to do anything. So my first big goal, big, big goal for March is to start working on the beds. Um, I looked at the seven day forecast this morning and I'm hoping that in a week from now, we'll have a few days that are in the forties. I'm hoping that the ground will be dry enough that we can till. Um, so essentially what we wanna do is we are expanding our area from a 10 by 20 space to a 20 by 20 space. And so part of it is already, you know, sod free. But we, what we have to do now is we have to remove the sod from the other space. And then we're going to till in some compost and also some lime to amend our soil. And then once that's done, we'll finally be able to place our beds. But of course, as you know, tillers are very messy. <laughs> and you really don't want to do it when it's super, super soggy. Um, our tiller is on our tractor. And so, of course, that tractor is heavy and it makes big ruts in the yard. And so we're trying to do this at a time when it's not super, super wet. So we'll see what happens. Um, I know I already started talking about some goals here, but let me give you some updates too. So we built our raised beds, as I said. Um, one of my chickens, okay, so last year we got um, four new chicks in March, like around St. Patrick's Day. And one of them, her name is Violet, she is a black copper marin, and she is supposed to lay chocolate brown eggs. And she is a big chicken, like she is a big girl. She's tall, and she's always been so scared of us, like so scared of us. And she never started laying eggs before winter, and so we were just kind of wondering, like, okay, what's going to happen? And we were starting to get really frustrated because she's like the most expensive chick that we got. And I mean, I know chicks are not that expensive, especially when you compare them to like dogs and things. But um, she was like $14, $15 and we're waiting on this super special egg from her. But finally, uh, finally, she laid an egg. And actually she's been laying an egg just about every single day right now. And they are a beautiful dark chocolate brown. And so we're very happy. So right now of our 10 chickens, only two of them are not laying eggs right now. Um, and actually one of them, she just squatted for me a couple of days ago. So I'm hoping that she's going to start back up here soon. And then the other one, um, a Rhode Island Red, she you can tell that she's starting to get there because her comb has gotten a little bit more red again after molting in the winter. So hopefully soon we're going to have all 10 chickens laying eggs. Um, but at least right now we are definitely at the point where I can start selling eggs again. Um, so I'm very happy about that. Um, let's see. Oh, we did decide kind of like haphazardly. We decided to try and tap our maple trees for syrup this year and we've been thinking about doing this for quite a few years now because we do live um, 
on woods. Like we do have woods in our backyard and we have lots and lots of maple trees, but we just never really got around to doing it. Um, but this year, what prompted us to do it is that we have so much firewood. Um, earlier in the winter, we had quite a few trees come down and so we have so much firewood. And so our plan, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Our plan is to try and boil the sap outside. We might do that this weekend, um, we will see. But we have so much sap so much sap um, because as I said, we did have some days here in February, quite a few that were warm. And so what you need to tap maple trees for syrup is you need the overnight temperatures to be very cold, like below freezing, but then you need the daytime temperatures to be like at least in the forties, preferably fifties or so. And so we had plenty of those days and the buckets on our trees were literally overflowing. And so I finally went around and collected them yesterday on our warm day and we have a lot of sap. <laughs> um, supposedly though, you need 20 gallons of sap to make one gallon of syrup once it's all cooked down. I really have no idea how many gallons we have. I'm guessing we have at least 20, I would think. Um, I don't know. We'll see. So that'll be an update for later, but at least that's something that we're doing, something that we're trying. We're going to boil some sap down. Um, we did actually make a really delicious cocktail and this was called a maple bourbon spritz, maple bourbon, maple bourbon fizz, I think. Oh my gosh, this stuff was delicious. So the normal recipe for the cocktail, um, calls for making kind of a syrup that is made out of half water and half syrup. And then you kind of simmer it with all sorts of spices like cardamom and cloves and cinnamon sticks and ginger. Um, but what we decided to do was instead of using half water to make that syrup is we used half of the sap that came right from our trees. Um, so basically you add two ounces of bourbon one ounce of lemon juice, one ounce of this syrup that you made with all of those delicious spices. You put orange bitters and then you top it off with champagne. And oh my gosh, it is so, so good. So that is a maple bourbon fizz. So I highly recommend <laughs> um, if you have maple syrup, um, just give it a try. This The drink really wasn't too sweet too, which I definitely appreciated. Um, Last update, I'm not gonna get super into this, but our herbs are going okay indoors. Um, and really the only reason I say they're going okay is just because I need to get better at pruning and harvesting so that these herbs will come back and come back and come back. So right now what I have growing inside is dill, cilantro, and uh, basil. I do have a rosemary plant going, but it is way too tiny to harvest from. Um, so the dill and the cilantro, those are the ones where I need to do more research on how to harvest from it because I definitely didn't do it correctly. And now my plants are super, super tall. They're not like getting to the point of bolting or anything, but they are past the point where they have new growth low to the dirt, low to the soil. And so I'm really not gonna get many harvests out of them. Uh, my basil is doing great though. Um, so yeah, like starting from seed indoors, it ended up working out well, 
but I really just started getting all funky because I didn't know how to harvest. But really, I'm actually happy that I did try this because then once I start those things outside in my raised beds, I'll hopefully have an easier time of getting like cut and come again kind of harvest from them. So those are really the updates that I have for our homestead. Um, Right now, it's still pretty slow, still pretty slow here at the end of February, beginning of March. March, though, is going to be a big, busy month, so I'm trying my hardest to, like, just be happy that there's still kind of a slowdown before the craziness of March, um, but I'm just really excited, and it's very hard for me to stay positive about the slowness right now and the cold temperatures, so, oh, well, anyways... Getting into the homestead goals, as I said, we are still in the process of getting our garden space ready. Now, technically, you can start, at least in zone 6A, you can start sowing radish seeds directly in the ground, like this coming Friday when I'm recording, so end of February. So I'm definitely going to miss that date for direct sowing seeds, but that's okay. It really isn't the end of the world, and that's just what I need to keep reminding myself. So other than building our garden and doing all of that, because I mean, that is like the main, <laughs> the main, main goals that we have. Um, there's some other random things that I want to add to this list, because obviously if you're listening to this podcast, you know, your grow, your garden setup is not going to be the same as mine. Um, and if you're not starting a new garden this year or like totally reorganizing, hearing about, you know, me having to till up the soil is really not that helpful for you. So what I want to talk about right now are just some of those final activities in winter that you can do right now that will help you be more prepared for the busy seasons. And so what you can do right now with these last months of cold, these last weeks, I should say, of cold, is continuing to plan and plan and clean up space. So what I mean is, well, if you listened to last week's episode of the podcast, I shared a lot pretty darn in-depth about how I'm using a regular planner to document what's going on in our garden as a journal and then also helping me schedule out seed starting. And so that is not the kind of, I mean, that's kind of the planning that I'm talking about here, but I want to use this month to start planning my preserving methods. And so back when I decided that we were gonna try to grow most of our food this year, I did create an Excel spreadsheet. I know, very nerdy. <laughs> but I created an Excel spreadsheet to kind of like prioritize the things that I thought that we would be able to grow ourselves and then also make a column for the things that I was going to continue buying from our farms. I also made columns about what I was going to use fresh and what I was going to try to store and what I was going to try to preserve in other methods. And so I definitely need to revisit this because <laughs> since I decided <laughs> we were gonna do this big garden, I've added a lot of things to that list that we are going to try to grow ourselves. And so what I wanna do is I wanna revisit this spreadsheet and make sure that I have everything mapped out. Um, I also decided that I wanna get more into canning because um, really the ways that I have preserved food in the past is literally 
just freezing. Like I would just take our excess tomatoes and I would blend them up and put them in a bag in the freezer and then take them out for soups or chili or things. And that works great, but I do want to get... Uh, to kind of dip my toes, not into pressure canning yet, but into water bath canning. Um, and so I want to just go through all of the things that we're going to be growing in the hot months. So the cucumbers, the tomatoes, and the peppers. And I want to see what other ways I can go about preserving these things. Um, so I know that this sounds kind of weird because in the month of March, obviously, you're not really growing much that you can preserve. But... You want to be prepared for it because when it comes to the hot months, when you are swimming in cucumbers and tomatoes, you know, you're going to have all this stuff and you're going to be overwhelmed with what to do with it. So if you already have a plan in place, like say this year, maybe you want to make salsa or you want to make tomato paste or tomato sauce. If you have those things ready to go and maybe even your recipes already picked out, you will have a lot less to think about when you are swimming in all those excess cucumbers and tomatoes. So I highly recommend taking these slower months to plan out not just your garden, but also how you're going to preserve everything that you grow. So this brings up another to-do list for the month of March. And actually I did kind of complete it already, um, but I need to go through my freezer. <laughs> um, so I don't know about you, but I have a lot of fridge and freezer space, but I always wish that I could have more. <laughs> um, we have our fridge in the kitchen. We have a deep freezer in the basement. And then we also have another fridge slash freezer in the basement too. That's the one from our old house. It's nothing fancy, but that means I have two fridge spaces and I technically have three freezer spaces. And so I've been pretty good at keeping the freezers that are down in the basement pretty organized, but the one that is in our kitchen, the one that I use the most, oh my gosh, that I swear to you has things in there from like right when we moved into our house. So that's like three, four years ago. I am not kidding you. And so what I need to do is I need to go through that freezer and I need to, need to pull out all of the things that like maybe I can't tell what they are and I need to do something with them. Now, because we have chickens, I honestly, I plan on using maybe that produce that has been in there for a while and maybe meat that has been in there for a while. I plan on just pressure cooking all of it for a little bit and feeding it to my chickens. That way it doesn't go to waste. And I know that might sound crazy, but I would much rather see that food that has been in the freezer go to them than just be put in the trash. So actually right now, as I'm recording, I have a really weird concoction of like two frozen cauliflower and two frozen broccoli mixed with some random deer parts from previous years. And I know my chickens will love it. Why? No, but they will. <laughs> so that's what I have going right now. So on top of continuing to plan out your garden in the month of March, I think it will be really helpful to plan your preservation methods and then also making sure that you have room for all of those preservation methods. Um, so if you are a canner, you need to go make sure you take inventory and clear out, maybe use up some of your older things that are in your pantry. Um, that way you can make space 
for the new things that are going to be growing this coming year. Or you can just document what you have. That way, you know, say you do have tons and tons of canned diced tomatoes from last year. Then maybe you can focus on something else this year instead of so many canned diced tomatoes. Maybe you can focus on salsa or um, sauce or something else. Um, because I promise, once you are swimming in cucumbers and tomatoes like we were last year, the last thing you want to do is be stuck inside going through your freezer thinking that you have all of these tomatoes sitting on your counter and then you see a bunch of tomatoes already in the freezer and you're like, what the heck am I going to do with them now? It's just good to have a plan in place. So those are two of the big, big things that I want to do here in March on top of, of course, <laughs> getting our garden space ready to go. So the other thing that I want to do that is not really related to the garden um, is to check on our bees on a warm day. Um, as I said last month, we do still seem to have activity in both of our hives. And actually these past couple warm days when I've been working outside, I've been visited by my bees quite a bit. Um, they've been outside looking for dirt and mud and minerals. Um, because bees do need minerals, um, just like other animals, they will go and lick the dirt <laughs> um, to try and get minerals and nutrients out of it. So our bees seem to be happy. Um, so sometime whenever we get a day that's like in the 60s and sunny, I mean, that might not be for a while. But then again, today was 60 degrees and it's the end of February, so it could happen. Um, but we do need to check on our bees at some point in March just to make sure that they're doing okay. And who knows, we might need to supplement them with some food. Um, we will see. But the good news though, is that I am already noticing that a lot of our trees, like our maple trees and even our peach tree, they're already setting buds. And some of the earliest things, at least in our area, that bees will feed on are the maple tree buds. So hopefully they'll have plenty of food to come. Before we get back into the episode, I do want to remind you that I am doing a monthly giveaway at the beginning of the month in order to get reviews for this podcast. And at this point, there's really not many listeners of the podcast, so you have a really, really high chance of winning. All you have to do is take a screenshot of your review, send it to me via email or via um, DM on Instagram, and you will be entered to win a lot of really cool prizes that I have. Right now, I have essential oils that you can win. I have garden planning tools that you can win. I have lots of skincare items, little mini sizes, makeup items, tons and tons of fun things, even little trials of my favorite sunscreen, which will be helpful, super, super helpful once these warm days come. So please, if you can, try to leave me a review and you will be entered to win a prize. I also need to take a second and announce that there is a winner for March's giveaway. And so this winner, she wrote me an awesome review for the podcast on iTunes, and I'm so, so thankful for that. So Ashley from Dirty Paws Homestead, you have won the giveaway for the month of March. So I'm going to be getting in contact with you to figure out um, what you'd like me to send you and get your address. So Ashley, I think I found her through Instagram, um, but she actually has a podcast as well, and I really, really like it. Now, she is in Canada, 
um, and I'm in the States. So if you listen to my podcast and you are also in the States, just keep in mind that if you listen to her podcast, which is a little self-reliant, the dates and things just might be a little bit off because she is much more North than we are. So Again, her podcast is A Little Self-Reliant, and I will link to that in the show notes. You can find her at that Instagram handle or also at Dirty Paws Homestead on Instagram too. So again, thank you so much, Ashley, for your review. All right, we're going to finish up today's episode with some more garden goals. So as I said, I need to continue <laughs> getting our space ready to go so we can place our um, our raised beds, and of course that will include filling them with soil. But then the other thing that we are going to build on top of them are some low tunnels. I do have a plan for that already in place, um, drawn out. We're gonna make them with conduit and some greenhouse plastic. I do have that on order, and actually I think it arrives today. Um, but as I said, I'm gonna do a full in-depth episode on how we built our raised beds and tunnels um, once it's actually done. But other than that, in terms of gardening, for the month of March, according to my planner, which I, again, I talked about last week, the things that we get to direct sow in the month of March are quite a few things, actually. Um, so for us here in Zone 6A, that is dill, onions, parsley, radishes, and turnips. So that's quite a bit. Yes, we're not super into the greens yet, um, but those will come. It will come quicker. Uh, quicker than we think. And then the other thing that I want to start doing is I want to start cilantro seeds indoors. That way I can get those transplanted outside. And then the other thing that happened kind of unexpectedly is that we're going to try and grow sweet potatoes this year. Um, yeah, I had bought some sweet potatoes from one of our CSAs. Actually, yeah, they were just left over from our CSA, our last CSA. The cool thing about sweet potatoes is that you can store them super easy because they can just be at room temperature and they're going to keep very well. So I had them up above my fridge in a basket and I pulled them out one day to go use them and there were sprouts going on, growing on them. And I had never really seen these before and so I looked up what it is and they are called sweet potato slips. And they are very different than regular potatoes because regular potatoes, as you know, they grow eyes, but those don't grow leaves on them. These sweet potato slips, they grow leaves. <laughs> and so I researched what the heck to do with them. And I, so the potatoes that I had, some of them were really long, these slips, and then some of them were pretty short. And so the ones that were long, I just put them in a mason jar full of water and they are growing roots and the leaves are opening up and that is really cool. Um, the other ones, I still left them attached to the potato and then I put a potato in a mason jar. Like I stuck some toothpicks in there so it can just like rest barely in the water and then I have the water up to the bottom of the potato so that um, these slips can still continue to grow and... Yeah, <laughs> so that is one thing that I'm going to have to do here in March. I'm going to have to take these sweet potato slips that have grown roots and put them in pots. That way I can save them for, um, gosh, I think it's like May when I can start to put those in bags. Uh, my plan for those is not to put them in our actual garden, but I do want to try planting them in grow bags, which is how I was planning on 
planting our regular potatoes. Um, and when I say grow bags, I don't actually mean like real grow bags. I'm talking about like the corn bags that we have left over from filling our deer feeder. Um, so of course I will talk more about that later once I've actually tried it. Um, but at least right now, that's one of my other goals for March. I need to pot up these sweet potato slips once they all have roots growing on them and try to keep them alive inside. So we will see. March is going to be a busy month. It's probably going to be busy for your homestead too. So again, I really hope that this episode, I know it's just a lot of me rambling, um, but hopefully it helps you think of some ideas on things that you need to do on your homestead. Maybe it kind of, you know, refreshes you on what has to happen. Um, it just sparks some ideas, or maybe it reminds you of things that you did miss out on. So that is really all for today. Those are my March homestead goals and updates, and I will talk to you next week. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Girly Homesteader podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you want to share more in my journey, follow me on Instagram at the Girly Homesteader.